So now, in order to understand what the Kinyan is here, I want to show, I want to go through a few Rambams. I want to make uh, some Dukim in the Rambams, and then I want to try to plug it back in. So the first one I want to start is that all of the halachos of marriage are called Hilchos Ishas. Hilchos Ishas. Ishas literally means the relationship of being intimate. Um, it could have been called a lot of other things, right? It could have been called Hilchos Ishu Isha. It could have been called Hilchos Nesuin. It could be called... You know, we could have thought of different things. Here, the Rambams is calling it Hilchus Ishus, which I think already is something to be wary of, something to be aware of. Now, in the introduction to Hilchus Ishus, like he does in the introduction to every new sefer that he writes within the Mishnah Torah, he goes ahead and compiles all the different mitzvahs that are part and parcel of the halachos of the sefer that he's going to discuss. So the Rambam here writes in the introduction to Hilchus Ishus. Yish becholen arba mitzvahs, there are four mitzvahs in total. Shtei mitzvahs essay, two of them are positive mitzvahs. Vishtei mitzvahs lotase, two of them are prohibitions, things you can't do. Vizau pirtam, these are the four mitzvahs. Lisa isha b'ksuvasa v'kedushin, to marry a woman with a ksuba and kedushin. So we see already that relationship, starting that relationship, like we already had made... Uh, Understood from the Raman himself and Sefer Mitzvahs, we see here as reiterated in the Mishnah Torah, there's a mitzvah to be married. Number two, Shalu Tivol Isha Not only is it a mitzvah to be married, but there's a prohibition to have marital relations without a Ksuba and Kedushin. Number three, Shalu Yimna Sher A person, a husband, is obligated to take care of his wife. He has to provide food, he has to buy clothes, and he can't, he can't withhold. Um, marital relations from his wife. That's part of his obligation as a husband is to provide them. And the fourth mitzvah is a mitzvah essay. It's a positive mitzvah. Lifrois the rabbis mimena. That's to go ahead and have children. So now, I think here there's a pretty common theme between all th- four of them. Right? The common theme is that all these mitzvahs revolve around the intimacy between a husband and wife. The first one, Nisa Isha B'Ksuva Kedushin, to marry her with a Ksuva Kedushin. The second one, that those, the relations that you have with your wife, that you can't have without Ksuva Kedushin. The third mitzvah is that you have to provide your marital obligations, and part of that is intimacy. And the fourth one is to have children, to procreate, and that obviously is revolving around the concept of intimacy. So we see very, very clearly here that the Rambam, both in the nomenclature of the name of the Sefer, is being Hilchas Ishas, which is an expression of physical intimacy, and the four mitzvahs that encompass it, we see very clearly a theme here within the, within the Rambam that's stressing very, very strongly that the overarching principle of marriage somehow revolves around this concept of Ishas. That we're going to have to explain more. So let's continue in the Rambam. The Rambam, this is, the, this is a famous, famous Rambam, the first Rambam in all of Hilchas Ishas. The Rambam says as follows, Kodem Matan Torah, Haya Adam Pagea Isha Beshuk. Before Matan Torah, before the Torah was given, a person would meet a lady in the market. Im Lisa If she, he wanted and she wanted, he would marry her. And how would he do that? Machnisa the Basel, he would bring her into his house. Uboala Beino the And they would have relations in private. Vetiela the Isha. And by having those relations, that would make her his wife. 
came in Shenitna Torah, now that the Torah was given, Nitzav Yisrael, Klai Yisrael is commanded, Shemiyotza Ish Lisa Isha, that if a man wants to marry a woman, Yikna Osa Tchila Bifna Edim, he has to acquire her first in front of witnesses, and afterwards, then she could be a wife to him. Shnemar, like it says in the Chumash, that when a man takes himself a wife and he comes to her, he has relations with her. Now, this is an unbelievable thing. The Rambam wrote, say for the Mishnah Torah, is a halachic work. So the question begs to be asked here, why in the world did the Rambam write a history lesson? Who cares how people used to get married before Mount Torah? Is something relevant? To halacha? There's something relevant to going ahead and trying to determine what Kedushin is nowadays? Say, nowadays, if you want to get married, you know, so ne- what do you do? You go in front of Adam, you make a Kenyan, and Mazel Tov, be married. What, every time the is going to talk about Hukha Shechita, he's going to say about before Mount Torah, people used to chop animals' heads off. After Mount Torah, we have something called Shechita. Obviously not, right? So why in the world did the Rambam specifically here feel the need that Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what happened before Mount Torah also. So I think, I think this is something which is breakthrough, but I think the Rambam is shedding light on what the crux of kedushin is. Comes along the Rambam and explains that the essence of the relationship between husband and wife is that of intimacy. Now, obviously, the intimacy is only expression of the relationship that already exists, and obviously the the. The most important part of the marriage is not the physicality, obviously. But the physicality is the expression of the closeness which is unique to this relationship. This type of rela- this, this type of closeness isn't manifest between any other relationship. You can have a friend that you can have a deep discussion with. You can have, you know, a family that you share your life with. But to have someone who's the intimacy and the closeness of the relationship is reflected through this physical act, that's something unique to Ishva'isha. And that was already something which is self-understood and self-evident even before Matan Torah. So what did the Torah come along and do? The Torah came along and said, you have to acquire it. You have to make a Kenyan. Now, what does that mean you acquire it and you make a Kenyan? So I brought for you here that there's a certain concepts, there's certain obligations that come in every marriage. Rambam says when a woman, a man marries a woman, the man has ten different obligations to his wife, and the woman has four different obligations to the man. So I brought for you the Rambam. The Rambam says in Hilchas Ishes and Perakid Bey's Halacha Gimel that what are these obligations? That if she goes ahead and gets a job, so then the uh, prophets he makes from the job goes to him. That if she finds something in the street, there's a value, he gets to keep it. That if she brings in property into her into his domain when they get married, so he has the rights to eat from the profits of those of those uh, already acquired assets that she has in her domain. So that's these are all things which he benefits from. Now these are rabbinic in nature, but there's a concept here. The concept is that when I marry my wife, so there's certain monetary transaction that occurs as well, that I have rights, I have dominion over certain aspects of her. Now, obviously, the fact that I get, you know, to bank her paycheck doesn't mean that I can tell her where to work. Obviously not, she chooses. 
But it does mean that I have some kind of dominion over a certain rights that she has. The same way that the Rambam enumerates ten different rights that she has over the husband. So that being said, I want to claim something. I want to, I want to propose an idea. I want to propose that a girl, from the time she's born, the same way... The time she's born. The same way that, you know, there's different aspects to a person. So she has different rights. So one of the things, one of the, one of the assets that a girl has is her ability to be intimate. That's something that she owns. That's something that's just hers. And that's something which she is able to give to another man. And that the person that she decides to give that to, so he, get, he acquires the rights of intimacy that his wife has, and the acquisition of those rights to intimacy are what we call kedushin. So in other words, a lady... You know, only has the ability to be with one husband. She can only have one husband. She has rights to be to intimacy that she can choose to give to whoever she wants. Obviously, a man can't take it against her will. But when she is willingly offering it to someone, he can acquire those rights. That's the Maisa Kinyan of Kedushin. And through the acquisition of those rights, that's what creates an exclusive usage of that intimacy because they belong to the husband and now that's an exclusive usage of that intimacy then definitionally to that follows pseudo prohibition that no one else has the rights to those to those privileges so that's how i want to explain what kedushin is kedushin according to the rambam i'm going to suggest is that it's exclusive rights to intimacy that a person's purchasing she has those rights the, the wife has those rights she has the ability to transfer them transfer ownership of them to her husband, and the through the Maisa Kinyan of the transfer of the Maisa Kedushin, that's what's creating the relationship. He now owns exclusive rights to intimacy, and therefore, definitionally, there's a prohibition to someone else. Unbelievable. A new, a new stance, an understanding in what the nature of Kedushin is. Now, if that's true... I want, to, I, want to, I want to bring a proof to this. I want to bring a proof to this being the stance of the Rambam. I found here there's a Rambam in Hilchus Nadarim. The Rambam in Hilchus Nadarim, Perakir Beis, Alachatah, says as follows. Ha'isha Sha'omer the Baila, a lady who says to her husband, Hanas Tashmishi Asura Lecha, you can't derive any benefit from our intimacy. I prohibit you deriving, deriving any benefit from our intimacy. So usually if the wife makes an oath, a neder, which plays a significance, it alters the relationship between the husband and the wife. The husband has the ability to do something hafara, he can annul that vow. So says the Rambam, If she tries to say you can't derive benefit from our intimacy, then the husband doesn't have to go ahead and annul that. Why not? Explains the Rambam. What's this comparable to? It's like someone who's forbidding the, his own fruits upon him. Meaning to say, the same way I can't go to a store owner and say, the products in your store you can't get benefit from, they're not yours to go ahead and prohibit. He can't do that. That takes no effect. Similarly, when the lady says you can't benefit from the Hanas Tashmish, when from, you can't benefit from the pleasure of our intimacy, it's not hers to prohibit. 
And similarly, if he was to say to her, you can't derive benefit from our intimacy, that takes no effect. Why not? Because he already, logically, has an obligation to provide intimacy with her, so he can't shirk his responsibilities through making an oath when the Torah obligated him in something. But now let's see the difference here. The difference in the explanation is unbelievable. According to the Rambam, the reason when a man makes an oath, the oath doesn't take effect if he's denying pleasure from their intimacy, is because the Torah mandated him. He has to provide that pleasure for her. And he can't go ahead and shirk his responsibility by making an oath. Though it takes no effect. But why is it that when she creates the prohibition, she makes an oath that he can't benefit from her, it doesn't take effect? Says the Rambam, because it's not hers to prohibit. It's not hers to prohibit. What does it mean it's not hers to prohibit? Whose is it? So according to our explanation, it makes so much sense. Really, she had rights to intimacy. She gave them to the husband. That's what Kedushin is. Ah, you gave them to the husband? He, he has rights to intimacy? So then, she can't go ahead and prohibit that. Now obviously, everything always has to be consensual. I'm not saying that the, the husband has a right to force himself on his wife, chas Absolutely not. But in regards to who's the ownership of the rights, who's, whose rights are they? So the, the, the husbands, she can't go ahead and prohibit that. I found here, I was so excited, I found the, the, the Karen Ura is one of the primary achreinim on Masechus Nadarim. The, 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 the Karen Ura, I think, is saying the same thing as us. The Karen Ura says, in his, in his explanation here of this Gemara, he says, It doesn't, it's not relevant, her oath, to go ahead and say that she's shirking her responsibilities, her obligations in the marriage. Rather, it seems like there's some kind of ownership over the rights of the other person. So if that's true, that means the Karen Or is understanding this the same way as well. That really, what's happening here is that a person, a man, when he's a Makadish, his wife, is making a Kenyan. He's acquiring rights. What's he acquiring rights to? To intimacy. That's what Hilchus Ishas is. That's why all the mitzvahs of Ishas are revolving around physical intimacy. That's the unique aspect of the relationship between husband and wife. And now that he acquired those rights, so now, there is. Again, he can't force himself. Obviously, everything always has to be consensual. But then, if she makes an oath and says that, you know what, this is prohibited, you can't get enough from it, no way. This is not yours, you can't do that. You don't have the right to go ahead and prohibit something which belongs to him. So now that we have this principle, now let's go ahead and revisit the Mishnah, the Rashis, and see if we can explain what's going on here. So we asked, why are we discussing Kinyanam at all? The discussion of our Gemara is Kedushin. The answer is, according to this, it's beautiful. The concept of Kedushin is to make a Kinyan. Once I made the Kinyan, that creates the exclusivity and the unique aspect of the relationship that, that's, that's, that is the institution of Kedushin. So, obviously, this is the second question. The, the Kenyan that we're discussing here isn't a Kenyan over ownership of a human being. Rather, it's a Kenyan, it's an acquisition of certain rights. She has exclusive rights to hand out to one person to be intimate with, and that's what he's acquiring. Obviously, he's not acquiring her. But with, based off this, we can go ahead and understand the, the Mishnah. We asked what kind of Kenyan, if you're actually making a real Kenyan, you're making a real acquisition, so where's Bia? How does Bia fit in the picture? So according to this, it's mamish beautiful. 
The reason Kesef works is because you're making a normative acquisition, like Kesef usually works. Same thing with Shtar. Shtar works, Metaltalin, Karka. So for sure it's going to work here. But what's Bia? Bia means like this. She has exclusive rights. She has exclusive rights that she can only give to one person. Definitionally. So now, he's Mikadashar with Bia. What's that mean? That means that he's intimate with her. For the sake, for the purpose of being of Kedushin. Now, if, a, if we have Adam come along and see, obviously they don't have to watch the incident, but they have to see that they went into solitude with the intent of marriage. So when we have Adam who give witness to this, they bear witness to this, they're, the, they're here to testify that we saw an act of intimacy, and it, was, it wasn't for promiscuity, it wasn't promiscuous purposes, it was for the purposes of marriage. If it's the purpose of a marriage and he utilized that those exclusive rights, and must be those exclusive rights, belong to him. So specifically in the case where the acquisition is the rights over something which can only be owned by one person, the mere virtue of the fact that he's using them within that framework is the biggest sign that he's the owner of it. So that's why specifically here, Bia is going to be a form of Kenyan. We asked another question. I think the fifth question we asked was that the, there's a change in language when the Mishnah discusses the husband marrying her and when she requires requires her own rights. Meaning to say that Ha'isha nickname is written in the passive. V'kunis atzma, the verb is an active. So what's the explanation of that distinction? So I think according to our principle and what the nature of Kedushin is, I think we'd answer this as well. That when it comes to Ha'isha nickness, so her rights that she had up until now Someone else is taking. That's passive. She's not doing that. The husband's acquiring those rights. But what's it mean, Vekones Atzma? Vekones Atzma means that she's, re- she's reacquiring her rights. That's something she's doing. She's taking her rights back. So granted, the way it happens, she doesn't have to do anything actively. The husband passes away. He gives her a get. But in regards to her rights of intimacy, that she's taking. So she's taking it. So there we use the active tense. We asked also, how come, I think it's our eighth question, how come the Mishnah couples a regular Kedushin with Yibum? When it comes to a regular lady in a Maise Kedushin, so there, the, the Maise Kedushin results in a state of being Mekudashas. But when it comes to Yibum, the active Yibum goes ahead and results in Nesuin. It's a further along stage in the marriage process. So how can we couple the two in the same Mishnah? According to our understanding, though, it's unbelievable. The whole essence of Kedushin is acquiring the exclusive rights to intimacy with her. What are you doing when you, do, when you go ahead and you do Yibum with a Yavama? You're also acquiring those exclusive rights. So granted, the exclusive rights they're acquiring take you further along in the process in as much as it's a continuation of your, the first husband's, your brother's initial relationship with her. But in regards to the actual Kenyan, what are you acquiring? You're actually acquiring the same exact thing that you would do in a regular marriage. You're acquiring those exclusive rights to intimacy. With this principle, we also ask that Kunis Atzma means two different things. In regards to a regular woman, it means that either she can marry anyone or she can marry the Avam. But when it comes to the Avama who's Kunis Atzma, that means that she can go ahead and marry anyone she wants. She can marry anyone she wants. So how can the Mishnah use the same language? 
But according to us, kones atzma doesn't mean, it's not referring to the spans of people that she can go ahead and remarry, but it's referring to the fact that she has the ability now, her, her rights to intimacy are backed by her. Now, when it comes to a regular woman, so the circumstances where that's going to be limited, maybe she has to do yibum. But granted, even though that's true, they're not her husbands anymore. They're by her. And through the process of yibum, the brother now goes ahead and reacquires from her those rights to intimacy. And so too, when the Yavama, the, the Yavam passes away, and the Yavama is now konis atzma, that means that she can go ahead and regain rights to intimacy for anyone. So the the topic of kunis atzma means that she now has the ability to go ahead and give over those rights to to that exclusive intimacy. Now that's in the Mishnah. We asked in Rashi. Rashi starts off the baila. Obviously, it's the baila. The baila he went ahead and make an acquisition. According to us, though, the baila means that once she's nikness, the kinin makes her that she's miuchedes the baila. She now becomes that this that's the Isha Nikness and she becomes the Baila. That she becomes exclusive to her husband. So Rashi is not telling us the direction who did she belong to, but Rashi is stressing that Isha Nikness and therefore she's the Baila, therefore she becomes exclusive to it. So Rashi, if he's learning in the, the same stance as the Rash the Rambam, that would be a, a beautiful way to explain what Rashi is coming to add. Also, Rashi v'kunis atzma, she acquires herself, what's it mean? Lios She's in her own domain to marry someone else. What's that mean, she's in her own domain to marry someone else? She's kunis atzma, she reacquired her rights to intimacy. Now she reacquired her rights to intimacy? That means that she can go ahead and marry someone else. She can choose who's going to be the next person that can go ahead and share that relationship with her. So according to this principle, we're going ahead and answering up the majority of the questions we had so far on the Mishnah. Again, the principle being that a woman has rights. What are those rights? She has rights of intimacy. She can go and choose to give that to whoever she wants. Now that he, the husband goes ahead, he acquires those rights. He makes a Kenyan, a real bona fide Kenyan. Now that creates an exclusive relationship that results in a prohibition for other people to use that which belongs to him. That would be the way to understand the concept of Kedushin, at least based off the Rashi and the Rambam. And that would answer up the majority of the questions. So, Mirza Hashem, we're going to continue next week. But this is, an, I think, an unbelievable start to the whole concept of what Kedushin is and how the Mishnah is going ahead and presenting the concept itself.